Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Take These Songs, a podcast about people and the music that they are committed to. This is your host, Matt Alano-Martin. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you think things sound a little bit different, they do. I am recording this intro remotely. I am on the road doing shows, and so I have a mobile version of my podcast set up uh, that is a bit stripped down. I don't even have a pop filter, which I really should get one of those fuzzy things that goes on top of the the microphone i have like a more fancy one that i use in the studio and by fancy i mean that one costs like 40 dollars. i need to get like a four dollar foam piece that goes on this microphone but hopefully uh this all sounds okay i also just woke up so i am a little extra sexy sounding right now just enjoy it savor it it's a free bonus to you the listener hi thank you for being here <laughs> uh if you are new to the podcast i'll quickly explain how it works uh, i ask a guest to bring four songs four songs that mean a lot to them that fall underneath the categories of something old which is any song that is 25 years old or older something new which is any song that is released within the last calendar year something borrowed which is a cover song and something blue which is any song that they have a strong emotional connection to one quick note I do want to make about this episode with our guest, Steve Vanderplug. Great guest, great comedian out of Denver, Colorado. Fantastic dude. He does say that he would have picked a Kendrick Lamar song for his Something New if Kendrick would have released anything in the past year. Well, Kendrick has, but Steve sent in his files before that album dropped, uh, or before it was even announced, I think. Uh, I sent out emails to all my friends that I knew were big music fans, uh, in January, and uh, about 20 of them very quickly responded, and that's what the podcast has been. We've been working through those those files that people have sent in once per week. So uh, if you if you hear him say that, it's not his fault; it's my fault. I should have prioritized his <laughs> a little bit sooner in the rotation. Uh, but that just means he can come on uh, with another episode very soon and talk about Kendrick. See, it all works out. It's all good for everybody. I am also a fantastic comedian. <laughs> Look, if Chappelle can say he's a once-in-a-lifetime talent and uh, the new Joe Coy film can be branding him as a comedy phenomenon, I think I can get away with fantastic. You know, I'm occasionally a fantastic comedian. Uh, and uh, as I said, I am out uh, doing a run of shows. I'm in Atlanta right now. I have some other shows coming up that I want to let you know about in case you are interested in seeing uh, the fantasticness that is my comedy. I'm just setting myself up to have a disastrous show tonight. I could tell. <laughs> the universe shall humble me. I know. Uh, if you do listen to this episode, uh, the day it comes out, which seems uh, possible. I don't know. I'm going to say highly unlikely, but possible. But in case you do hear this, on Thursday, July 28th, I have two shows in Atlanta tonight. I'm doing an early show at Laughing Skull Comedy Club uh, and then a late show at Church Bar. But uh, more realistically, if it takes you a day or so to hear this, uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, I'll be headlining the Blue Ridge Comedy Club in Bristol, Tennessee, July 29th and July 30th. And then just looking ahead real quickly, some other headlining shows I have coming up. August 12th and August 13th, I'm returning to the Laughing Tap in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, one of my favorite cities, one of my favorite clubs. Very excited about that. Uh, very excited to eat a vegan hot dog at the Vanguard after my show. Very. Sometimes it's, it's more about the food. Like here in Atlanta, I tried to go to Homegrown yesterday for breakfast and it was closed uh, and it was very sad. Uh, I'm going to try again today after I get done recording my intro. And my outro. I'm not going to go get stuffed full of food and then do the outro. That would be disastrous. Uh, a couple more dates I do want to let you know about, though. In September, September 2nd and September 3rd, 
I'll be headlining the Comedy Corner Underground in Minneapolis, Minnesota, another fantastic city and fantastic club. And then I am returning to the Looney Bins uh, out west uh, doing a little feature work. I'll be the guy in the middle. Smooth sailing, easy work, as they say. Um, But it's still fun, and those clubs are good. So if you live out there, come and see me do a shorter set in the middle of the show. Uh, September 7th through the 10th, I'll be at the Looney Bin in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then September 14th through the 17th, I'll be at the Looney Bin in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Gonna fill in those three days in between that, the 11th, 12th, and 13th, with a couple of shows probably down in Texas. I might be coming to Austin. Um, I'll let you guys know. Listen to future episodes, and I will fill you in on all that. If you really want to plan ahead and see all my upcoming dates through the fall, which there's quite a bit of them, I'm happy to say I've been hustling on that booking tip, really trying to fill up my calendar. You can check out all my dates and some clips of me doing comedy and get my new album, Midnight Nachos, and all that good stuff at my website, which is madelanomartincomedy.com. Every one of those words has a hyphen in between it, so that is M-A-T-A-L-A-N-O-M-A-R-T-I-N-Comedy.com. Okay, that is definitely enough about me. I am having a fantastic time in Atlanta. Hopefully, Homegrown is going to be open today when I go to get that comfy chicken. But for right now, let's jump into this episode of this podcast with this amazing guest, Steve Vanderplug from Denver, Colorado, with his first two picks for Something Old and Something New. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much for having me. This is Steve Vanderplug. I am a comedian born, raised, and based in Denver, Colorado. And I say this because it is a little bit important in terms of how I view music. We are a landlocked state, and we don't have a lot around us, but that has created a ultimate tour stop for so many bands on the road. Coming through Denver is such an important part for so many bands, which in turn has created a thriving local music scene. Uh, You'll see so many local bands opening up for such talented musicians coming through because people are always coming through because there's nothing else around us. Uh, We're also home to the world-famous Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is basically in my backyard growing up. Uh, My entire life, I spent so many summer nights at Red Rocks. I've seen well over 200 shows and performances there. I even graduated high school there. Um, So it's one of the most important places in the world to me. And if you ever get a chance to go see any concert, whatever it is, it does not matter whether you know the artist or not, it's going to be an amazing time. Uh, So keep that in mind while I talk about some of my favorite songs and some of the songs that have changed myself as a person throughout my life. For something old, I chose the song House of the Rising Sun by The Animals, originally recorded in 1964. The song is almost 58 years old, and there have been a lot of versions of it in the last 58 years. However, I feel that the only one that still holds any true value is the original recording by The Animals from that 1964 version. There is a house in New Um, Before coming on this podcast, I decided to research a little bit more about the history of this song because I didn't want to sound like a complete idiot. And it turns out 
that the animals version of it is nowhere close to being the original version of the song. They did not write the song. Um, a few years before that, Bob Dylan had released a version of the song that was all acoustic. And way, way before that, there were many other versions. The song actually dates back, as far as we know, to the early 1900s, where it was a song used by miners as they worked to help them get through their day. Um, so there's a lot of history, way too much to unpack um, for a podcast like this. This could be its own series, honestly, if people wanted to look into it. Um, but if we go back to 1964, 58 years ago, um, we have this song that is, uh, it's one of the reasons I love it is because of the organ. I love the organ and rock and roll. I think it's very underutilized and I would love to see more of it in today's modern music, but, um, I don't know. It's just one of my favorite things. So we have the song that's about um, a father who's going to a brothel. And the House of the Rising Sun, nobody knows for sure what it is, but there is some speculation as to which brothels in New Orleans it is. Historically, they have narrowed it down to like two or three possibilities. So this is based on an actual story about a father who was going to New Orleans and ruining his life and... You know, the child swore that he would never do the same, and he ended up following the same path, and he tried to warn the next generation to not do the same. So there is a little bit of a sad undertone in terms of history repeating itself. Um, but that tone also comes through in the music where it's the, the rock part of this is somebody kicking themselves, and you can really feel that throughout the song of somebody just being like, oh, no, what have I done? This is it falling apart. And the organ, the reason I love this organ so much is because not only for its time is it so much more advanced than any organ that they had going on. It's like still to this day, people don't play organ like this, but it it's crazy. There's a lot of um, ups and downs and different notes. Nobody plays organ like this. And it is really a tornado of different notes being hit within every instrumental piece by the organ. I feel like that really helps uh, display the craziness that's going on here. Oh, mother, tell your children not to do what I have done. Spend your life Also, you know, According to Wikipedia, I research real hard. This is the first folk rock hit in American history. Um, and it's pretty impressive that that song still holds up to the value that it is uh, held today. And it was very, very long for a song back then. Most songs were two, to th two minutes and 30 seconds to three minute songs. The song was over four minutes long. And uh, producers back then were really kind of scared they didn't really want to release the song because it was so long they thought that nobody would listen to a four minute song um, so that's pretty impressive uh, to this day there have been so many covers of this song 
like I said, Bob Dylan's did come out a little bit before the animals, but since then, um, people have tried to cover the exact animals version of it. And the list includes, uh, Muse, Dolly Parton, Jimi Hendrix, Nina Simone, the Beatles, Toto, Tracy Chapman, Alt J, the Supremes, unfortunately, five finger death punch. And so many, so many more artists have covered this song. And I think that, uh, even though it's not the original, original version, this version made the biggest impact and everybody should be paying homage to this version of it by the animals. For something new, I have chosen the song What Me Worry by Portugal the Man. Uh, I chose this song, honestly, because Kendrick Lamar has not put out any music within the last year. So since I can't talk about him, who I'd really like to talk about, I will talk about my all-time favorite band, Portugal the Man. Obviously, them being my favorite band has a lot of influence on why I chose their song. Um, I have followed Portugal the Man their entire musical career. Um, They used to be in a screamo band back in the day when I was a scenester called Anatomy of a Ghost. And then they abandoned that project and started Portugal the Man. And uh, it's really kind of a, a cool thing to watch a band kind of blossom into mainstream honestly a lot of people hate when bands sell out but um, Portugal the Man has always deserved it Um, it's pretty cool to see uh, Portugal the Man one time when there's 20 people there and nobody's ever heard of them and they're the opening act and then you know a little bit over a decade later they're selling out Red Rocks every single summer Um, so I'm really excited for them and part of the reason I chose this song is just because of my love of the band themselves The song, however, is a good song. Um, I like it. It's it's different to me because it is extremely highly produced. You can tell how much time went into the production of the song where they used to almost just be kind of grungy and not care. And I think maybe that's just their ability to contact better producers or have more money to pay producers. Um, but it's definitely a different tone for them, but it still holds true to their musical style. One of the other reasons I love this song is because 
It is a reference to Mad Magazine, uh, which I grew up on and I'm a huge fan of. Um, but really what the song is about is um, trying to pretend to be happy when stuff sucks. The song's about, you know, the news cycle and everything bad going on in the world and not having any cares or at least pretending you don't have any cares. And as a comedian, that hits very true to what I do professionally. Um, so I really appreciate that aspect that they're writing songs about pretending to be happy when the world around you really has some terrible stuff going on. Um, but you know, sometimes you do really have to just push yourself to, uh, actually be happy and dance through all of the pain, uh, of everything around you seemingly burning down. Um, so I love that. It's a good song. It's much, much more technically produced than I would have ever expected to hear from them, but it's not something I hate. I had a conversation with a friend the other day who cannot stand the song, and I respect their opinion, but uh, I think the natural progression of the band, considering they went from screamo to blues rock to kind of poppy mainstream, they're still holding true to themselves, and that's something I'll always love about Portugal the Man. Hey everybody, Matt here at the Halfway Point, jumping in very quickly to let you know that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Dumb Love Podcast, podcast supporting podcast, It's a Beautiful Thing. Hosted by Atlanta-based stand-up comedians Jen O'Neill and Sally Brooks, Dumb Love is about all the dumb things people do for love. Jen and Sally start each episode with quick stories, like the one about a man who says he's made love to over a thousand cars. That seems excessive. For anything, really, like thousands of anything. Okay, anyway, or the dumb couple who robbed a bank and then posted about it on Facebook. That's that's definitely that's highly believable. Uh, they get into that before launching into the heart of the podcast. Every episode, Jen and Sally share one true crime story with love at its core, and one true love story that will restore your faith in humanity. Dumb love will make you laugh, get you fired up, and melt your heart all in one short hour a week. New episodes come out every Monday and are available on all major streaming services. Check it out today. Dumb Love Podcast. It's a lot of fun with my friends, Sally Brooks and Jen O'Neill. You should do it. Check it out. Finish this episode first, but then when you're done, go check out their podcast. Okay, that's it. That was the one ad read that I had for this episode. Let's get back into it with Steve's picks for Something Borrowed and Something Blue. something borrowed i have chosen the melanie martinez cover of the britney spears hit single toxic baby can you see now i'm calling a guy like you should wear a warning it's dangerous now i'm falling there's no escape i can't wait I need a hit 
And I've chosen for a few reasons, but the main reason is that I absolutely love the cover version of this song more than the original. The original Britney Spears song is a good song, but it's also your kind of quintessential pop song. There's a lot of production value. There's a lot of uh, studio magic involved. You can tell at some points that they're just using a computer to make the sounds of certain instruments instead of using those actual instruments, um, which is pretty standard in pop music. But in this song, you can really tell. Suddenly, um, Melanie Martinez comes on a show called The Voice, which is a show I have never had any interest in. I love music. I love vocals, but I don't really care for competition shows like that. But I had a friend send me a YouTube clip. So check this out. I looked it up and it was Melanie Martinez's debut of her version of Toxic. And I was blown away by it because it's not often that you hear somebody, especially so young at that time, kind of transcend the genre of the original. Usually if a band is covering a song and it ends up as a pop punk cover, um, pop goes punk 92 or whatever. This one was special because it starts off kind of as a folksy, rocky, rock and roll song, and um, I absolutely love it. And there's a, such an impressive song structure to this, especially considering it's not the original pop song. It starts off kind of, you know, with rhythm guitar, and then you hear a second guitar come up after a couple bars, and it has a clear pedal effect of kind of a waviness, um, which definitely pays homage to the Britney Spears original, but still is able to keep this as a solely instrumental song built beautifully for live music to play live. Um, and, you know, as the song progresses, it slowly gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So through the first couple verses and the first couple choruses, you're definitely building and there's some more tension. And then right as that final chorus hits, that tension breaks and there's a breakdown and it's almost like a hardcore song at that point. Just for a couple seconds there, it's just the heaviest song that you could imagine. And it's short compared to, you know, actual hardcore music. But there's a, a piece of that song where you're just like, oh, damn, here we go. And then she's able to just bring it right back in and bring it right back to where that song is supposed to be so quickly and just absolutely change the entire vibe of the song. And I think it's so impressive what she did with it. And I think it's one of the best covers to ever come out in all of music ever. Intoxicate me now with your loving now I think I'm ready 
for something blue, I have chosen the song Where Have You Been by Manchester Orchestra. It's off their debut album, I'm Like a Virgin Losing a Child. And I can't quite pinpoint why this song makes me feel the way it does every single time that I hear it. But I definitely know that there's an overall sad tone to the song. And honestly, it gets sadder and sadder the deeper you go into it. Of course, on top of that, there's some sad lyrics, some of which are pretty obviously sad, and some of which I'm not going to pretend to interpret, but I'm sure it's even more depressing what's going on. I do really, really love this song. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the organ, and there is some organ in the song, so that helps. Um, but the song is a- Andy Hull, the lead singer who writes all these songs. He's got a couple other projects, too. He grew up in a very religious household. His father was a pastor, and he doesn't really talk about his religious views, but you can tell in this song that there is a point where he is questioning everything about the religion that he's known. And that's something I think a lot of people go through, um, whether you decide to stay with that religion or change completely is, you know, it's really a personal choice. I read with him too. Swing you the chat me. I'll be digesting. The song really nails home the kind of identity crisis that people go through when figuring out what they really want. Um, And of course, there's also the potential that in this song, he's losing more than just kind of his religious identity or his family's religious identity. He's losing way more than that. He's losing friends and family and other things going on. first time I heard this song, I was at a concert and the lineup was Manchester Orchestra, Kevin Devine, and Brand New. And the entire concert was played by all three acts the entire time. Um, Manchester Orchestra was still very new and they played this song and I've never seen somebody sing with such emotion in a live song. They also had three drummers. The song is clearly very drum heavy. They had three drummers jamming out but they would stop and he just sang his heart out and it felt like he was actually going through this pain in the moment i'll never forget that concert it was absolutely amazing and i've been a manchester orchestra fan ever since
The other thing about this song is beyond just being a song about losing religion and everything else, the the structure of the music, the organ as it kicks in, is almost like an anti-hymnal. It is still very worshipy and praisey, but it's also destructive and sad. And the organ that is playing is opposite of what you would hear at a church. And I think that's such an impressive thing to do within such a, a short song to really make you feel that, uh, that this person is completely lost and has no clue where to turn. That's it. We did it, everybody. Another episode in the books. And as I always say, in your hearts, thank you so much, Steve, for turning in an amazing episode, which I really I really loved where you took us on all those things. We got a little history lesson on some of them. Uh, we got uh, just an emotional connection there at the end uh, that is so special about live performances. You know, I think that's really what sealed the deal on that song for Steve was seeing it performed live. And that just reminds you, get out there, support the live arts, not just comedy. I mean, definitely do comedy, but especially uh, all the live arts, music, whatever, ballet, poetry, whatever you're into, uh, hog calling, you know, get out there, support your local hog callers, guys. Uh, the bird whistlers, get in those competitions to do the bird calls. Get out there, support the artists in your community, everybody. You can catch all of Steve's hog calls and bird whistles. <laughs> <laughs> and stand-up comedy he doesn't do those first two things i don't know of maybe he's a very talented guy he might do that on the side but he definitely is a fantastic comedian check out all of his comedy stuff online on instagram he is known as slumdog chillionaire on uh, twitter he is darth vanderplug he's promoting shows under rotating tap comedy and then you can catch all of his upcoming dates and all of these things that i mentioned before at his website, which is plogcomedy.com. That is P-L-O-E-G-C-O-M-E-D-Y.com. Thanks once again, Steve, for doing the podcast. It was absolutely great. I'm sorry I did not get it out before that Kendrick album dropped. But that just means you have to come back and do another one, my friend. Thank you, everybody, for checking out this episode of the podcast. We do appreciate you. We are small, but we are mighty. We are growing a little bit. <laughs> very, very modest growth here at the podcast, which we will take. We like that, inch by inch. We'll do it that style. We don't need to go viral, baby. We'll do it one at a time. And you help in that by checking out episodes of the podcast, by telling your friends, and by reviewing, rating, and subscribing. Those things help a lot. It puts the podcast in front of new eyes when they are searching around for a music podcast to check out. The more reviews that we have, the more ratings that we have, and the more subscribers that we have, it helps push us up in the algorithm. So if you don't mind, take a second. Go ahead and make sure you do those things. Uh, we would appreciate it very much. Take These Songs is created and produced by Matt Alano Martin. That is me again. Hello. Hi. I'm a one-man show. That's right. No hog calling or bird calls, but uh, I can do those three things. Create, host, produce. That's about it. That's about all I got. Our theme music is by Go To Space Die. Go To Space Die is an instrumental space rock project from Dagan Thorgerson. Their latest album, Red Air, Don't Care, is available on Bandcamp right now. Thank you, everybody, for checking out this episode of the podcast. We'll be back next week with another edition. But until then, as always, here's hoping that you find some music to have and to hold.